Hey, Joe. Hey, Jacques. What's the best part about dating homeless women? What's that? You can drop them off anywhere. hey <laughs> Welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Joe. I'm Jacques. And with us for the second time... Big. Big. ...is our friend Jim. Welcome again, Jim. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Wait, first, let, let, let's take a break to pause for Jim's... Are we going to play Jim's theme, which I think might be the all-time high mark for Carnival Personnel? Sure, let's play Jim's <laughs> theme. All right. Here we go. Jim! Jim's on the podcast. Ooh, Jim. Jim's sitting right here. Ooh. Carnival personnel won't be the same. Jim. Jim is joining the podcast. Joining, joining, joining the podcast. Jim, he's joining the podcast. Though he should be ashamed because his podcast is lame. Jim is his name. Jim. And that was Jim's theme. <laughs> yep, that was Jim's theme. I hope you liked it, Jim. Gets better every time. It, it, it really does. And no matter how many episodes you do, we're not going to stop playing it because that, <laughs> that is the goal, baby. That is the goal. And it fills out 30 seconds, it, which we desperately need. Let's get right into it. Okay. Tom, Goodbye, everybody. Oh. <laughs> Tom Brady is the GOAT. So I want to bring Tom Brady up for a number of reasons. First of all, because he is the GOAT. Second of all, uh, there was, I can't tell if it was a criticism that some listeners had to wait 43 minutes for my first Tom Brady Patriot reference from the last episode. So for all three of you out there who were wondering why it took so long to get into uh, the Brady talk, and we were going to talk about him right off the bat anyways, you know, just to keep the listeners happy. You know, give them what they want, Joe. Play to the crowd. Yep. And no, we ain't above pandering. We, no. No. If it wasn't for pandering and begging, we'd both still be virgins. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that had a little help from Bill Cosby. <laughs> you just take another sip there. There's always one for yellow. Ooh, with some roofies. <laughs> Worst Bill Cosby impression In my ever. opinion, best Bill Cosby impersonation <laughs> ever. But, uh, but, you know, after we made the rundown from the show... Then, uh, then the great Tom gave us something to talk about this week. His new book on how to be great. I, I'm a bit. I, I actually am going to read this book. Um, I don't like a lot of um, books by sports players directly. I, lo- I love the history. Um, I love anything like strategy wise, anything like that. Whether it's boxing, football, baseball. I love any book that's like like a Moneyball type of book that's around sabermetrics or anything like that. But I am actually going to take a look at this simply because of the undeniable success that he's had throughout the years. It's a, I get it. You love him or you hate him. We're in New England, so we love him. But you, you can't deny the success. You cannot deny what this organization has done. 
from top to bottom, the complete turnaround, which started obviously with Kraft Port, the Crafts purchasing the team. But I mean, this this guy has just came and just 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 put a Brady stamp on this organization. Okay, so so uh, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say you were saying that you can't deny their success. Yeah, if you live in New England, right, guaranteed, you cannot decide and deny their success. Anywhere else in the country, they find ways to deny their success every single day. Which, you know, like in Indianapolis, for example, you know that organization that got busted for piping in fake crowd noise, who this week, uh, a former lineman uh, during Peyton's rookie year came out, and I don't think he meant to spill the beans, he wasn't in the snitches get stitches category, but he was saying how... Um, he hadn't got the cadence of the 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 silent snap down yet. So his rookie year, they had headphones, they had you know earpieces in both the offensive line and Peyton, so that they could hear the play calling, which is completely illegal. Yeah. So, but hey, we get it that we're the cheaters. But no, with, with Brady, here's a question for you, Jim, and and that that I wrestle with. I think you know for the next two to three. God forbid, four years, you know, I say God forbid on behalf of the rest of the NFL, but we got at least two to three Brady years left. And yes, his commitment to his diet, his commitment to the workout, when you see his body from the compound, you know, coming out of college when he should be in the best shape of his life, you know, when he's, he's doughy and stuff like that to now where he's ripped. And his footwork, he, he really, a few years ago, his footwork has gotten better since he's been 36 years old. You, you look at his coming out of the pocket, I mean, he still, you know, runs like a wounded elephant, you know. <laughs> uh, there, was, there was a funny thing where he had like a 17-yard a scramble a couple of years ago that literally took like seven or eight seconds. And like Julian Alderman <laughs> said it was like the longest eight seconds in the history of football. And then Brady made fun of himself by posting on Facebook and putting the chariots of fire music under it. But his footwork has gotten better. Um, and we know his craziness with um, his, his diet and avocado ice cream being his only treat. And he doesn't eat tomatoes because it swells the veins and his, fl- uh, his, his stretching and all that stuff. But how much of it is that? And how much of it is, he's a freak of nature. I mean, there are some people who, no, at 40, he shouldn't be a better quarterback at 40 than he was at 30. You know, no boxer should be better at a boxer at 35 than they are at 25. And it doesn't matter. And the only time, like when Roger Clemens, you know, his last three, four years in Boston, you know, was injured more than half the time. He put on all this weight. Like, I think his second to last season with Boston only had like five wins. He goes to Toronto, loses weight. You don't become a better pitcher at 35, 36. It, it, maybe you get, you know, better with control or more range of like pitches in your, you know, your war chest. But he was juicing. And, you know, so, and, and, not, and Brady is not juicing. I mean, he's probably the most tested athlete because people are looking for a reason. But, is it his diet? Is it his lifestyle? How much How much do you think is that? And how much do you think is just genetic lottery winner? And how much are we going to hate him five years after retiring because he's the new Tony Robbins telling you, I'm better than you. This is why. But if you read this book, you can be as great as me. I mean, first and foremost, I think I think it's his confidence, his confidence in himself specifically. Um, he drives me nuts with wanting to throw the ball. When this coverage, he holds it, he holds it, he holds it. When this time to run, yeah, is 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 he the guy you want running the ball? No, but if the play's broken or people are covered, you gotta run that ball. And he doesn't. And you know what? For somebody who holds onto the ball as long as he does, he makes it work better than most. But if it's my one complaint, and it's a complaint from the fan standpoint of view, because I want the yards, I want I want the I want the 
the play to continue. I want the series to continue. I want the first down. So he drives me nuts from that. But number one, it's confidence. Number two, I think it's been his his ability to understand what he has, that he has the ability to do something special. The team, the organization has the ability to do something special. And you know what? If that means that we're gonna we're gonna live right, we're gonna be disciplined, then that's then that's what that means. And you know, he's a guy that we don't see I mean, obviously we had the uh deflate gate and all that stuff, but he's a guy that we don't see in the news beyond that. We don't see there's 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 no issues. Yeah, how many DUIs does he that? have? Right. And that, and, and that's the, the funny thing is it's like he's become more image conscious the last few years. He was not on social media, and his social media is pretty good. We're, we're getting to the bar being raised by the Carolina Panthers in a moment. But he has that, like, every time they win, like, within hours after the game, there's a TB12, like, the fake newspaper headline that he posts that, you know. Fake news. It, it, it is, like, fake news. But so he's that. But what I'm talking about is the things that we're not going to like about him, that I'm not going to like. Right now, the TB12 store you go there and he he has his oh here's a pack of nuts that is perfectly weighed out it's it's great these nuts and this mixture is the best snack you should be eating and it's 30 bucks and because it's tom brady because you're at Gillette, how many rubes are going in there buying and let's face it you can go if you want to overspend for nuts you can go to trader joe's you can go to whole fruits and you can get the same thing for probably 5 or 6 bucks which it is what it is i want my nuts on the cheap but because you know these nuts but he uh he is selling these bags of nuts, and that's just one example. Like, he had that cookbook a couple of years ago that was $200, like a Tom Brady cookbook for 200 bucks. I mean, come on. I max out at 180 for my cookbooks. Right, and that's about – but this book, and one of the reasons it will do well – it's $30, I think they said. I Honestly, I don't know. I, I just heard about the book. I, I $30 for hard copy. The ebook is like 20 and everybody here, not in this room – but a lot of people in the region. It's going to do incredibly well. But when I saw the billboard a few weeks ago, him speaking with Tony Robbins, I'm mm. like, oh. Right, this is the beginning of the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so so I'm going to love him on the field the next, you know, two to four years, hopefully, and we'll have bar fights forevermore about why he's the GOAT. But I think his life after football, I'm I'm, bra- I'm putting the seatbelt on. I'm getting ready to not love him. Yeah, didn't Joe DiMaggio, when he retired, and he went, he was like on Home Shopping, Net- Home Shopping Network, kind of like hawking like everything under the sun with his signature on it. You know, so not, you know, you could be... You could be a great athlete and be admired and still, you know, have many more years afterwards to fleece your fan base. So it's not like he's the first to do this. No, but and, and, and look, those guys, uh, let's take DiMaggio. Please. Arguably, Please. One, <laughs> slide DiMaggio, slide. My name's not DiMaggio, mm-hmm. but he's one of the greatest of all time. But you're looking at whoever the Sox call up. And the end of September, when they expand the roster from 25 guys to 40, the 40th guy on the Red Sox roster in the month that he gets a call up to sit on the bench, maybe get a couple of bats here, maybe a inning or two here out of the pen if he's a reliever, is going to make more in that month of call up than DiMaggio probably made in his best five-year window of playing. So those guys, you don't mind hawking stuff. And again, look, do the public speaking, do all of these things. But I think he's going to have the – and that's why he has to play another two or three years. That's why we all think – or I think – we all, <laughs> me – think he probably won't end with the Patriots because in two or three years, mm. 
no matter how well he does, he might not be ready to move on. And where his whole life after football is predicated on because I took care of my body this way, because I trained this way, because I ate this way, I was able to play to 45, 46 years old. So you predict that he will retire as a Houston Texan? He won't go to a shit team. I, I don't think. I don't think he's going to go to a rebuild. But it might be one of those things like when, when Peyton had whoever he wanted to go to and there was literally the owners of the team flying to see him. He'll go to a team that, like Denver, had a great defense, had a decent offense that he could put them over the hump to, sort of thing. He's not going to go to like Jacksonville or something like that and get blindsided his first you know game out there. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. And even his father said he's like he's never going to be ready to get off the field. Like somebody's going to have to come and drag him off the field. And we know how heartless Belichick is. It's what you're going to do for me, not what you did. Even when it comes to Brady. So if Brady wants to be able to really sell his cookbooks and his bag of nuts and you know whatever else he's going to sell and and market this i was able to play to 45 when peyton had to give up at 40 you know sort of speak it, you know so you should live like this and and buy all these books and whatever else he's going to have coming it's really going to help for him to um to play longer so yeah i unfortunately i see him playing two three more years in new england and then two three years or two years maybe somewhere else that'll be interesting in, in of itself to see a brady post football and a brady in another organization I don't know. I think the Patriots and Brady have to be careful with that. I, 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 it would have shocked me if he went somewhere else. Not at all. But I think for both their ass sakes, they need to be careful with, with how he moves on or how he separates from New England. What team would break your heart? You know, honestly, San Francisco 49ers are a dumpster fire now. But if they can get their shit together over the next two or three years. And I also think he goes, you know, with, with maybe Josh McDaniels, maybe takes him with him wherever he goes. But that doesn't answer where it will break my heart. I wouldn't want him to be in the AFC for sure. I wouldn't want him to be, you know, with the Giants for sure. Um, That's actually what popped into my head. Yeah, like what? No, but what team would you like? You just disown him. Like, be like, my God, how fucking dare you go to the... I, I, I'd say the Jets, probably. Mm. I, I'd probably say... Or Indy. The Jets mm. or, or the Jets or Indy. I mean... Well, what about Vinatieri? It's, well, the thing with the Vinatieri, it's interesting. Because people forget, Adam Vinatieri was franchise tagged two years in a row. So twice he came... He, twice he was able to go up for unrestricted free agent. And both times, the Patriots didn't offer him a two, three, four-year contract. They knew he was great, but they only franchise tagged him twice in a row. And I think he's the only player to be franchised twice by a team and still not sign. Because usually you sign the franchise tag and then you work out a deal. You get franchise tagged for a season and moved on. There's rules that you can only franchise somebody twice because the Patriots probably would have franchised them five more years. So that's different. No, but we all remember, I mean, Johnny Damon going from, from you know, the 2004 Johnny Damon, everybody in this town, you know, took down the cross on the wall and put up a Johnny Damon picture frame picture that we got at the mall. But then he goes to the Yankees, and and that was the kiss of death. Same I mean, with Clemens. Right, well, Clemens at least went to Toronto first. Oh, right. And, there was and, some buffer. And, yeah. then, and then went. But you go right from one to the other. So I don't – for his image, I don't think he goes to a city, you know, that there's been such bad blood. I mean, what, what Indy specifically did to him was deflate gate, you know, hurt, hurting his reputation and his future and his legacy. I don't see that. The Jets are an organization that we'll see where they are in two or three years. But yeah, the Jets are 
on the team that would kill me the most? My guess is it would be probably a West Coast team, probably a San Francisco, you know, go back home, so to speak. That's where his hero, Montana, which, by the way, Montana didn't end as a 49er. You know, Johnny Unitas didn't end as a cult. I mean, you go down the list. There's very few greats who who end where they did. But but now we've talked enough about the GOAT. Joe, why don't you tell us your favorite football thing this week? My favorite football thing that I've written down on a piece of paper this week is the way that the Patriots troll the Atlanta Falcons with their Super Bowl ring diamond count. You heard about this, Jim? Uh, I did not. I, I mean, I know they were flashing pictures of themselves with their rings all over the, the place. Ring, I, I don't pay too much attention the to Super Bowl the rings jewelry. has 283 diamonds in it. What's the significance of that? I don't know. Jim? I don't know. 283 diamonds. 283. Ah, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> if that's not a big F you, Roger, and oh, F you, Falcons, and oh, let me do it. Like, F you, the other 31 teams in the league. If that's not the second best trolling thing. And I think I, I think it only fits their middle finger. Like, right. I, you <laughs> yeah, can't the, put it on any other finger. Don't you use get, you know, your ring finger measured? <laughs> it was just funny to see them all go in there. What's your other favorite football thing this week, Joe? My other favorite awesome football thing. Uh, say what you will about the Carolina Panthers as a football team, Jacques. I'm sure you have a 300 things. I'm sure you have 283. Okay, here we go. Yeah. I noticed that on Twitter the other day, they tweeted something saying to the effect of, now go read the past three days of our tweets. And you read from the most recent, from that tweet back, and it re- you read the first word from every tweet since that declaration, and it starts off with, this is... A uh, story all, all about, about how, how my life got twist turned upside uh, down. down. And it was the theme song to The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And the funny, the awesome part about it is that in order for that to have worked, they had to plan all their tweets backwards to line up correctly. Whatever they were going to tweet, you know, as, as the camps are starting, as contracts are going, as free agencies are moving around and they're keeping their fan base up to date, they were so cognizant of making sure the first word fit into that. Because how many, how many tweets are we talking over the course of three days? All we're right. talking dozens, mean, dozens and dozens of tweets. And the word bell wasn't even a bell. It was the emoji for a bell. Like, so. <laughs> Which is, I mean, seriously, there's a lot of great teams out there who have fun social media presence, but they're like the Tom Brady of Twitter, basically. They are. They're, they're the goat of sports media, like social media. So, and and Joe sent it to me. Like he said, you got to go check out the Carolina Panthers Twitter feed. Well, first I had to explain Twitter to Jacques, and then he learned what Twitter I'm was. Oh, right. Yeah, you're chastising Tom Brady for just getting on Twitter, and he's- I'm old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you've yet to join our Facebook page, you son of a bitch. So he sends it to me, and I'm reading. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. You know, they, if Joe's sending me something to check out, I, I usually go check it out right away, and I'm Why? reading it. And all of a sudden, it was like the third, maybe the fourth tweet in. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Is this <laughs> – and I keep reading it. I'm like, oh, shit, they really did this. They really went that extra mile. It was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. They just need that dedication on the field. And then (laughs) they would be a real contender. Yeah, the magic of this is lost on me. I'm not going to lie to you. I I, I don't see... See, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? It was a show. show. (laughs) Show's great. The theme song to the show is great. What this has to do with Carolina Panthers football? Absolutely not. Zero. I have no idea. To me, it shows... I would go as far as to say their head is in the wrong place. And if they finish this year 4-12, 5-11... 
I think you might be able to look. You, you have to we'll pinpoint some, this. Yeah, tweet yeah. Storm. You have to. There's something going on in the culture of that organization, sports wise. I don't. Th- way. I, I don't think the head coach is running the Twitter account. So <laughs> there's a, there's a, you can have both. Maybe Cam Newton called the 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 nerd in the you know dark office with no windows who runs their social media feed and said, "I got this great idea for you, nerd." Speaking of Twitter, follow us at Carnival Podcast on Twitter. Coming from this nerd in a windowless room. No, we, oh, there's one window. There is one window. Yeah, it's, right. It, it has bars on it, <laughs> so I can't get out. But but it was. The, the, the hats off, like, and you said it, if they were as good on the field as their social media is off the field, then they would. They would be a threat again to the Patriots. Well, let's break up all the sports talk with more sports talk. Jacques, continue. Uh, <laughs> so if anybody paid attention, the Bruins got a big win this week, and uh, Jim gave us a heads up on this. Uh, how far did you follow this along? You know what? I, I'll be honest with you. I don't have much for you, but uh, I'll give you something interesting to Google. Um, now in the podcast yeah, for uh, for for the fans out there for your fans um, your fans <laughs> for, for our fans um, th- listen here's the deal what do you mean uh, you people the Bruins <laughs> you mean you people <laughs> the Bruins were challenged apparently by the IRS if I understand the story correctly because when they were on the road they were writing off a hundred percent of the mail money um, that they were paying out to the players. If I have it correctly, the IRS said something along the lines like you're only eligible or 50% of that those funds are eligible for, for tax deductions, not 100%. Bruins went out and said, we disagree. We believe that the way this uh, law or regulation or whatever it is is written, it encompasses 100% of what we spent, which they deducted 100% of what they spent. Um, they took the matter to a lower court. I'm assuming it was a federal court. I honestly, I don't even know. I didn't look into it that much, but, um, they prevailed. Uh, they prevailed in court and to this point they are allowed to deduct, or I guess any NHL team is allowed to deduct hundred percent of their mail, uh, their mail money. I find that real interesting. And then the, the talk went on from there that from, from, the news thing that I read is, is the IRS going to appeal this to a higher court? Right. And so the IRS side of it is like, you can deduct 50% of the meal money you spend on a team. And the average meal for the team is about $6,000 because you're not just feeding the 20 players, you're feeding the coaching staff and the trainers and all this stuff. So they're they're spending about $6,000 on that. The IRS is, you can write off 50% because if you were home, you'd be eating anyways, you'd be spending this. And the argument for the other side, and look, this comes down in, in the business world for, you know, regular morons like us. Yes, I would be eating anyways, but if I'm making a sandwich in my own kitchen versus taking a client out, it's a lot more economical to make a sandwich in my kitchen than take out a client. So that was their side of the argument. And again, it's one of those things where Jeremy Jacobs, the estimate he's worth like six, seven billion dollars. Bruins are like the second, third most lucrative team in the NHL. Does this extra, you know, $80,000 of write-off make or break them? No, but extrapolate it out for the league. And at the same time, you know, I think Jacob said, hey, if Donald Trump doesn't have to pay taxes, see see what I did there? Yes. Yeah, you threw a shot at Donald Trump. I did. Just one. <laughs> what a shot. One well, of 283. 
Point point taken. But I, I found this. Re- I th- I thought this was great. I thought this was an interesting little side story. It's worth looking into. Um, hey, the Bruins haven't had many big wins no, lately. Yeah, no, right. no. I would have much rather them beat. beat Did uh, you see their Twitter feed? Man. Beat Otter. <laughs> Killer. Beat Ottawa, but it, that didn't happen either. But it, anyways, I, I just found that kind of interesting. That's how pathetic sports fans we are. We will take a win versus the IRS and champion it. <laughs> right. Jacques, you mentioned Trump. Something happened with Trump this week. Uh, I'm trying to remember. He went somewhere. Are you talking this week in awful? Yes. The National Lampoon Poland vacation? Yeah. Hey, before we bash the man, let's be honest. At the G20 summit meeting, where you have the 20 leaders from around the globe sitting there discussing the most pressing issues of the day, Trump was not the most inexperienced unqualified person at the table because because he couldn't make the first meeting and his daughter sat in for him it was bring your daughter to the g20 <laughs> summit meeting and so all these pictures get tweeted out of her sitting between the leader of china and the prime minister uh theresa may of england and it's like one of these things is not like the <laughs> other one. and the white house said hey other leaders in the past have to step out. They can't be at the table the entire time. Yes, but that's when a secretary of state fills in for them. That's right. when the ambassador to that country well, steps in. Well, in all in. fairness to Ivanka Trump, she was appointed. Uh, what's her appointment again? She is an unpaid advisor. Ah, appointed by the president of the United States. But, and it's just, if you love Trump, go fuck yourself. If you love Trump. Hey, he's sitting right here. <laughs> Then if you do, you cannot – I mean all the things that they look the other way and justify, the fact that you know, he got there and if if Putin had a wish list of how I would like things to go, check, check, check all the way down. He got to the G2 summit or he got to the presidency? Who's that? You said, hey, he got there. Oh, oh, if if Putin got everything he would have wanted out of the meeting. But no matter what you think of this, of of him as a president or whatever, the fact that he's having his daughter – Everybody else, all the other leaders, found that as a huge slight. They're, they won their elections, they were, or or killed their way to power. If you're Putin, and now you're just having your daughter take your place at the table, at the actual table, not the theoretical table, not at a big function that she was invited to when she sat in at dinner at Mar Largo with her father and. Lo and behold, the next day got four pending patents that had been held up in the Chinese court. All of a sudden, she got the patents for, and that was a couple months ago. No, this is the 20 leaders of the economy, the biggest economies around the world, sitting down. And he was too busy to make the meeting, but he sends his daughter, which could Hey, that not yarn be. isn't going to straighten itself. It okay? is not. <laughs> he had things to do, all right? He's a president. <laughs> He's, you know, he, he, has, uh, he has higher priorities. But, yeah, I mean, um, at least Ivanka was... A little bit more respected at the table than maybe Donald Trump was. I mean, did you see how out of the way these other leaders went to essentially ignore our president? And and probably rightfully so because – He's insulted them all. Yeah. Like he's picked fights with England. He's picked fights with all the NATO nations. But he's really gone out of his way and to – And the host nation. Right. Germany. He's gone out of his way to just disrespect Merkel at every turn. Like to her face when she comes to the White House – and again, it's the the diplomacy, the decorum. You don't hand the other leader a bill for what they owe, what you think they owe for NATO. She, he wouldn't shake her hand at the White House. You know, all these things just, you know, keep piling up. And, and you can say, well, he's putting America first by pulling out of the Paris 
climate agreement or he's putting America first with X, Y, and C. But when you're disrespecting other nations by having your daughter, you know, fill in for you, he didn't respect disrespect a two-way every, street. He didn't disrespect every nation. I mean, did you see how long that meeting with Putin went? Two hours and 30 minutes. And again, it, it was everything, everything that Putin would have wanted coming out of that meeting, he got. The fact that, oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe, most likely, they had something to do with the invasion of our country via, like, the cyber attacks on the election. But we're not going to dwell on the past. If you don't dwell on the past, if there's all the sanctions that were put in place, because on one hand, Trump's saying, well, it happened on Obama's watch. And again, he gets off the plane in Poland, and he's standing next to the leader of Poland, who's a dictator, who's basically outlawed the media, who has outlawed protest. Great guy. And free speech. Right. And all his advisors are saying, oh, it's great to be at a place where people are respectful to him. So that's because there they is no media. They have to be <laughs> right? respectful to him. And what does he do? He goes on a speech blaming Obama for everything, which, again, I've never heard Bill Clinton, who came into a, a shitstorm from you know his predecessor, spend the first year of his administration doing nothing except bashing I'll have him. To go, I would have to go back and look, but I wonder if President Bush ever blamed Clinton that heavily for the mess that he was in. I don't remember. And the same thing, when Obama took over, when, when Obama took over for Bush, the economy was in the crapper, the banks were in the crapper, the car industry was in, you go down the list, it was the worst economy since 1928, and all he did was roll up his sleeves and get shit done. But here's the funny thing. On one hand, Trump is now saying... Well, if it was the Russians, it happened on Obama's watch, he should have done more. And I actually agree. I, I think they should have done more. But the sanctions that Obama did put in place were the first things that Trump lifted. So on one hand, you're saying, well, you should have done more, but yet everything you did do, I'm going to forgive. It's the same thing. Solar and wind is garbage. We need more coal, more coal. And then when he's asked, well, how are you going to power this wall you want to build? Oh, we're going to put solar panels on. It's going to be great. But you... Just said. You just said, <laughs> you know, can't you have coal-burning lamps and right. torches? I'm just going to say this, and it's I, I ran into it late last night, and I sent Jock this link. Google the Australian reporter that two days ago lambasted uh, the president of the United States uh, pretty sharply uh, and, and pretty unforgivingly about his G20 appearance and how he was received by the rest of the G20 leaders. It's pretty spot on. It's brutal. And I'm sure Jim would not like it. But this all, is the first time. I mean, say you know, if you funny. love him and, and again, go but if you did, <laughs> if you did, I'm whispering because Jim's bigger than me and a lot tougher. I'm just a little guy. And he, uh, but seriously, it's like this is the first time in my lifetime I can remember, and it doesn't matter which president it is, whether I liked or disliked the president, that the president of the United States was not the leader at the table. He was not the big dog. He has succumbed to Merkel is basically calling the shots now, and and thank goodness. And I mean, she's very she, she's more conservative than. I would like Theresa May is also very conservative from their conservative party, but at least they're respected and reasonable and, and reasonable. But like I said, if Putin had a wish list of what he wanted to get out of this meeting with Trump, he got it all. Like you can go down the checklist. He wasn't chastised for it. And again, I mean, there's very few people on the GOP side, like, you know, Marco Rubio, not a fan of, but he was hacked during the election. He's one of the few people coming out saying, we have to do more because if there's no sanctions for what they've done, it's not going to stop them from doing it in 2018 and 2020. They're only going to become more boldened because there's been no repercussions. And, and then again, when you have the U.S. president on foreign soil 
not just blasting our former president saying that he's leading the resistance, not just blasting the media, but he's blasting the intelligence organizations. And he said, I don't know how many intelligence organizations there are. They say they're 17. You should know this. But even if you just took the word of the four big ones, you know, Department of Justice, Homeland Security, CIA, and FBI, who all unequivocally said 100% they did it. This is how they did it. This is when they did it. The only thing that's at debate right now, or the only thing being investigated right now, is how much did Trump's administration know and how much collusion was there. But there was no debate whether it was done, who did it, and how it was orchestrated by the all 17 or 23 or however many. Well, don't worry. You want Trump, to count. Trump and the Russians are going to take care of it. They're going to they're take care of it. They're looking into it. And the people, who, the, the people that are being accused of hacking the election are now part of a fact-finding mission to find out who the perpetrators are. This reminds me of the part of Revenge of the Nerds when the Greek council <laughs> had to yes. do a fact-finding mission about who trashed the nerds' house. Um, How yeah. did that wind up for them? Uh, not good, but don't worry. It, they it, prevailed, though. It, it prevailed in right, the Right, e- exactly. So it if, we could, if we could just get the director of Revenge of the Nerds to run the investigation. So so that wraps up uh, This Week in Awful. Doesn't wrap it up just yet. No, 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 no put just, the brakes okay. on. Oh, put the brakes on. Let me just... Let, let, let me... Everybody, and by everybody, Jacques, Joe. <laughs> well, that's the only three people. Wait. Everybody, We're the only people listening, so fine. Everybody... Everybody, relax. Everybody! And what I mean by by relax is, I'm not saying I'm speaking completely nonpartisan here. We don't know what's going on. And things like this, I'm telling you, I don't want to suggest I have any experience in this type of stuff. But this is going to take a while to unravel. This is going to take a while to unravel. And I don't deny anybody on the right, anybody on the left, anybody anywhere. This meaning the country is going to take a time to unravel? This meaning if there's anything to the Russian investigation, this is going to take time to unravel. I'm not saying it's going to be completely successful. I'm not saying – I'm not trying to say that people aren't covering that, you know, CYA. I'm not saying it's not happening. People aren't firing the heads of the FBI to cover their ass. Wait, that's obstruction. They wouldn't do that. Maybe, maybe not. And again, it's too early to say. And if here's what I'm going to say. And you sound I, like I an OJ this, I may be taking this to a different level. But you're throwing that out there, hoping you're right. And if you are right, good for you. But if you're not, or it's close, you're destroying your case. So, so one, one of the, right, which, which is, you know, it's funny you say that because there was a big document leaked to Rachel Maddow the other day. That they vetted, and it was from the NSA. Mm -hmm. And they took seven days, and they called NSA, they called people, and they did a huge investigation. And they found out it was a fake document that they almost went to news for. And she made a whole show about saying to all media outlets, look, if we run with this, if anybody runs with something like this, when the actual – we want this to be the truth. We want what we got. This is everything we've been hoping to see. This is this is too real. You were talking about democracy, and I'm not I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not I'm not defending the right. I'm not defending Trump. I'm saying if this is real, it's gonna unravel. You're yep. gonna get to the bottom. It's not gonna be as quick no. as the cover up. So this this is why and, and all kidding aside, this is one of the reasons we've been trying to get Jim to be more regular. Because he comes from a different a different walk of life than Joe and I do. Uh, he he deals. Yeah, we both grew up in Somerville. He's just <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Somerville. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but same but, walk, different sneakers. But, exactly. But, but 
but Jim, Jim, Jim has experience, let's say, in, in putting investigations together. So we, and he comes a little from a little different political walk than us. This is something that we would have hoped to have happen. So, because uh, I would, other than just listening to my my talk shows and the podcasts that I listen to and the ones that you listen to, the things that I would love somebody to explain who's being rational, because we can have a conversation. I've tried to have conversations with other people, haven't gone that well. Shout out to my parents. And, uh, and But when you say these things are going to unravel, these things are going to be uncovered, here is my biggest fear being on this side. Like, like you know, Joe threw it out there half-jokingly. You, you already fired the head of the investigation. And then you bragged to the Russians that I fired the guy who was bringing the heat. The guy that you had replace him like the special counsel who replaced him who trump was had on a short list to replace comey now he's under speculation but then when you have again the attorney general who had to recuse himself from the russian thing because he had meetings and again we're not talking flynn we're not talking one or two two or three people we're now talking over documented 10, 12 people from the administration who have retroactively gone back and refilled out their security clearance, who have retroactively gone back and, and registered as agents of foreign governments, who have retroactively gone back. I don't know the line between perjury. You filled out this form and you sent it in and you had a Senate hearing and you testified that everything on this document was real. And now three months later, when you know, uh, a BBC comes out with something or somebody discovers, oh, wait a minute, you were at this room with this guy on this day. You're, you, that's not a meeting. Oh, yeah, I forgot to include that. But when you have specifically the attorney general having to recuse himself from the Russian investigation, then turn around and, you know, when you write the letter saying this is why Comey should be fired and Trump said, no, we fired him because of the Russian investigation. Well, if you wrote that recommendation to fire him and Trump saying it's because of the Russian investigation, did you recuse yourself? Because that happened two or three weeks later. And again, uh, Nunes is the head of the, the, the congressional hearing. He's the head of Republican on the congressional side of the hearing with the Russian investigation. He's caught at midnight going and having a secret meeting at the White House, then coming back the next day. And it was discovered that through a leak through the White House, he went to the White House with all the documents that the Senate had or that Congress had uncovered. And so my fear is where they're in power in both the House and the Senate, where they're running these investigations and one by one, it's found that they're colluding, that they have a conflict of interest, that they had a meeting with Russia. So far, both head of the Senate and congressional Republican leaders of these uh, investigations have had to resign and recuse themselves. My fear is how how hard are they really looking into this? Well, here's what I'm going to say. And again, I, I truly, truly mean this in a bipartisan way. And I'm just going to take one piece of what you said to try to make a point. We have a fact or we may have a fact. Let's, for the sake of argument, say we have a fact that they met at midnight. Okay? If yep. we have a fact that they met at midnight, that doesn't mean it's automatically a fact that they colluded. Well, does, one doesn't, he, one doesn't, why, why is he having that meeting at midnight? Why in secret? If you're the head of the investigation, why are you going to the guy's house who you're investigating at midnight? All I'm saying is you can't take leaps. You've got you to gotta let it. And again, if nobody's looking into it, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. right. But 
my but, only advice, and it means nothing. I'm just throwing it out there how I like to look at things. I watch news. I watch CNN. I watch Fox. I watch everything in between. I, I watch as much as I can. I'm just saying let's take it one step at a time. When we know something, we know it. Right. And then we go from there. Let's look. I I want to see the smoking gun. I we all know where I want this to come. And like I've heard before, so I'm not smart enough to say this. If I'm getting ready to go to bed and there's no snow in my driveway, and I wake up in the morning and there's two feet of snow, I didn't see the snow fall. I can conclude, hey, <laughs> it snowed last night. Now, Jim, much more important and much more serious. New kids on the block at Fenway last night. Do you get that I'm speechless? <laughs> Yeah, I'll leave that in. <laughs> unbelievable. Okay, when I tell you unbelievable, I mean unbelievable. First of all, I'm going to go back. Obviously, it was uh, the, the Total Package Tour. Boys to Men is involved. And, and, and I'm going to give them a shout-out, too, not only to their talents as singers in acapella, but just how impressed I was with how well these guys have taken care of themselves. Yeah. Just just how well, like, like Nathan Morris... Um, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, I, I couldn't have told you their names off the top of my head, you, you know, from the beginning, but you know, and watching these guys, I was like, I, I, I got to know these, this, this, these guys, they did such like, these guys are like the ultimate professionals. Like this guy that for the show they put on the, just, just the physical demands. And, uh, and again, I'm still just talking about boys to men to go to the new kids on the block, what they were able to capture with the 30 plus thousand people that were in Fenway Park, how they were able to capture that 1986 to maybe 1991 time frame of those 30,000 people's lives at that time. Yeah. It, it was unbelievable. And again, the physical demands of what they did on that stage and in the stands and everywhere else they were last night. I don't care what you think about the new kids on the block. I don't care if you love them or if you hate them. Joe, I think you know yeah. I love them. Hey, you know what? You know what they captured? Your thirty dollars because you're wearing that T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> no, actually, how this, much was that T-shirt? This T-shirt was forty-five. Motherfucker, fucking T-shirt. Forty-five dollars. And I bought, I bought Julie's too. And uh, what do they think they are? Wait, Tom wait, Brady? So they well, yeah, out exactly. they you get that at the TV Twelve with, store. <laughs> Ninety bucks. They walked out of there with. But I'll tell you, I, I, I would do it again. I wish I bought two. The, right, because that one's going to come apart in the washer just, after oh, two washes. A- absolutely, <laughs> I plan on never washing. You think it was made in China or ever taking it <laughs> Huge. off? Huge. But I'll tell you what they captured for that audience. Well, we'll think, let's talk about the playlist. What did they play? They played everything. They played the uh, New Kids on the Block. The the first the, the first entire album. album. Yep, Pop yeah. Skull. They play Candy Girl. They play Candy Girl. Or what, what, I, I think know. it's you know, my popsicle. Oh, yeah, right. Whose son came out and saying, uh, management and I were watching uh, some stuff, and she kept going to Facebook because so many of her friends were Facebooking live, and she was so pissed. She was on the fence about going, and she was watching it, and I guess it was one song, and I thought it was a new kid song that somebody's son came out and, and, and sang part of, or, or maybe it was one of the oh, other. Oh, Joey McIntyre's son came out. Okay, yeah, right, McIntyre's right. Joey McIntyre's son came out. Terrific job. Um, he, he had a little, little, little set there uh, during uh, Cover Girl, I believe it was. Um, just a tremendous, tremendous song. Yeah, tremendous. Again, these guys, and this just wasn't like a great, a great performance. These guys are in shape. Yeah, and I don't mean it like I'm checking these guys out. No, I mean these guys were in. They're in their mid shape, mid forties, forties. You know, you know, reaching for fifty. Some of them are only a couple of years. They out. look good. Yeah, I mean, they, they. Let me tell you something. Thirty years ago, if you and Joey McIntyre were both a, a buck fifty six, you know, you could maybe talk about them and 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 say trash, trash the new kids in the block. Yeah. 
but my gut is the average guy today is probably 50 pounds overweight or 40 pounds overweight. Right. And these guys are still what they must put themselves through to be able to do what they did, well, man. I they they have nothing but respect from me. No, nothing it, it's but it's respect. like if you see, especially. Not, not my music, or either, but when you see the metal bands, and what is it, Vince Neil of like Molly, like we saw Molly or Crew. Metallica. Or... But we saw Molly Crew a couple years ago, and they were playing with the Foo Fighters, and, and literally, it was a, a big K-Rock uh, in, in LA thing, but they played with the Foo Fighters and Queens of Stone Age, and Molly Crew was a headliner. God awful. Now, granted, they're mm. much older than the new, but here you got a Vince Neil, a 250-pound Guy hmm. who, after the second song, was done. Just done. Axl Rose is another one. I mean, he, he's, he and the um, Guns N' Roses are doing like this big tour. Um, I've seen video of him recently. He does not look as in shape as who kids on the block. I, I'm telling you, there's no like you can tell from looking at their faces, like 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 they're, they're pretty realistic about it. There's no there's no like there's no plastic surgery going on yeah. or anything like that. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah, but, even, that, but even I if there is, but then, even if there is, but the plastic surgery doesn't help you run across yeah, the I mean, nature too. Yeah. Let me just like I cannot explain it. Can I? Because I can tell you, I was into it. I was singing. Oh yeah. I was singing away, and I'll tell you, by the end of it. I was tired. I was tired. And I, you know, I get Billy Joel's like a different concert. I've been to him the last two or three years that he's come to Boston. I don't, I didn't leave there tired the way I left, <laughs> the way I left this tired. And I what, mean, what was a mill factor at the new oh kids show? I mean, it was literally, it was all, all females. It was all women. Um, it was, it was all women of all ages. Um, there were, there were teenagers there. They were middle-aged there, it, you know, pretty much peaked out at, at middle age. You know, to put it in perspective for you, there was zero line in the bathroom. For the there, there was a two-hour, I'm not even joking, that line for the women's room was probably two hours long. There was, like, security, wow. like, lined up to keep order. In for, the women's room Yeah, for the, for the women's room. And, like, there was literally, like, no, like literally nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was predominantly, which was predominantly their, their fans, but I'll tell you, like... Again, I don't want to go on and on here, but please do. But, but That's good, right? Good. good for them. Like, yeah. honestly, good, good for them. Like, they are living right. They're taking care of themselves. I mean, if you look through the last twenty years or twenty-five years or however long they've been doing this, I mean, how many tragic stories have you heard about the anybody from NKOTB? Nobody's nobody, at least that we know of, right. unless to something I'm forgetting. Nobody's been arrested for anything terrible. Nobody's been OD in rehab right. or or there's just no Wife horror beating. stories. They or, didn't lose a ton of or, uh, they were invested well, at least at the beginning. Yeah, know? I mean they, they uh, just uh, again, I, I just don't know how anybody can say anything bad. And, and on the flip side, they are what they are. Yeah. You, you know, so they're, they're, a, they're a boy band. Right. You know, and that's what they are. They More are. power to them. Apologetic. Yeah. yeah. At this point, I think you're at the point where you got to say, you know what? Good for them. They stood the test. Seriously, of time. yes. Yeah, I, yeah. They stood the test of time. They're I right. got the feeling that you'll be loving them forever. forever. Just as long <laughs> as you want it to I be. I kept saying to Julie during the thing, I was like, I know Jordan's going to come out in a Batman shirt to sing I'll Be Loving You Forever. I know he's going to come out in a Batman shirt. And he didn't. He, shirt, excuse me. And he ended up coming out in this like really, really incredible like white tuxedo and saying the song oh okay but uh i just in my head i if he ever came out in that batman shirt from, well like, thankfully video... jacques is in the batman shirt today <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, it's a very similar one five six seven uh, eight Shmiel. Shmiel. No, no, uh, you, like, you know you gotta like, start singing now i was thinking the girls in this place will erupt if he comes out wearing a batman wearing shirt. Wearing that shirt to sing that song and he because he wore know, that in the video right yeah, yeah if i if i remember unless i'm misremembering unless I'm you're pretty, a fan it was yeah. a dream i had yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now much like those tickets and the parking and that 
chart they don't pay for himself and neither does this podcast no we have to pick a break for a sponsor he's your buddy he's our buddy he's my buddy my buddy wherever i go he goes my buddy my buddy i'll teach him everything that i know my buddy and me like the climb up a tree my buddy and me when the My buddy from Play School. Which album from the New Kids was that on again? That was remember. from uh, Schlep by Schlep. Uh, <laughs> whatever. But again, we would like to thank our defunct sponsor of the week because these mics and headphones don't pay for themselves. No, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Can I throw um, out uh, another show that I'm hoping to go see? Please. Sure. Real, uh, just while we're on it, um, I know we talk about three, we always do some shutouts to different shows that we're watching and things like that. Yeah. Before you guys invited me to be part of this, I really didn't have any idea what a podcast was. Actually, I think you invited us. I think you had told you know Joe, let's do a what oh, right. is it called? The podcast. And right. Joe I want to do one me. of them. Their podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. All right. Well, whatever. Very recently, I learned about podcasts and. In doing so, I I got um, into this podcast, uh, Crime Town, hmm. um, which is done. I, I'm I I am not going to be able to credit the um, creators um, at this time because I can't remember their names. But um, what I did with this, what I w- listened to this is it's uh, it's called Crime Town. It's all about Providence, Rhode Island, in the 80s and 90s with uh, Mayor Buddy Cianci um, and all his. Um, all his uh, turmoil that he has with several stints as mayor in Providence, as well as it interviews police that um, were investigating the mafia that was the heavy mafia pres- presence in Providence at the time, as well as, you know, just your local, I don't want to say thugs, but your local guys that were breaking into things, doing, you know, the the armored car heists and things like that. And um, the name of it is Crime Town. And yeah, I'm they- reading the uh, website. It's made by the creators of the HBO documentary The Jinx. But ju- just if if, if you have any interest in anything that's um, you know, it got to do with um organized crime or just just public corruption or anything like that, it I believe it's like between 16 and 18 episodes and then there's little like almost like little side shows where they spend a little extra time with different side characters. shows. They're stealing our bit. I'm just just using it as descriptive there's little extra bits with do they talk about arcades like our latest night uh, show <laughs> shout out to robert thank you very much <laughs> right but no it's it's just terrific and the reason i bring it up is this saturday at the i believe it's the wilbur yep. crime town is live there and i am going to be going nice and it's nice. uh they're, they're doing a live recording of a podcast for a future episode yeah basically what they're doing is they're they're just putting they're taping it, a show yeah basically yeah. and it's going to be some uh some of the good guys and some of the bad guys interesting and mm-hmm. it's uh i'll tell you it's probably what a fascinating uh tumultuous run that the mayor former mayor oh, buddy Cianci had had there uh he's since passed away i believe not too long ago two didn't they name a, a middle school on on a family guy after <laughs> buddy Cianci? <laughs> oh, that's they, right right because it's it's it takes, they, it takes they place a, in Kohog, but just just i have to throw that out there what a what a what a thorough interesting just uh no as you hit it on the head there's nothing more important in our podcast 
than plugging other podcasts. Oh, no, that yeah. that is our goal. Our hope is that we get invited on every podcast that we plug. We possibly could. So uh, Gilbert Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> podcast is a must hear. Uh, WTF with Mark Marin? Right, one of my faves. Titus. Yep. Uh, let's just keep Bill going Burr. down the list. You got. <laughs> hey, Joe, what time is it? Uh, it's what, like 5.45. Oh, oh Joe. It. I flubbed that. It's time. Let's try again. Hey, Joe, what time is it? Time to bust a rhyme. Take, take three. <laughs> Joe, what time is it? It's time for our random video game review of the week. Am oh, I, yeah. Am I picking it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's go. Off. You yeah, right. You're the next, job last time. You're the next contestant on the random video game review of the week. Right. So Jim's going to head over to my Nintendo Entertainment collection, and he's going to pull off a random video game. I'm not going to look at the card that he just pulled oh, off the wall. I'm going to look at the gap. To and he handed it to Jacques. He pulled out a cartridge, and now I'm, now I'm looking at the gap. Not the awesome store, which will be maybe a future <laughs> defunct sponsor. <laughs> Yet again, a game I have never heard of. Okay, so uh, I'm I, man, I can't see too good. Is uh, it's be- oh, it's before Gunsmoke. Dang, damn it! Um, Guardian Legend. It, it is. is Guardian hey, Legend. Nice I call. Got, and I I have played this game. Whoa! Hey. Two for two. I'm the Tom Brady of Nintendo <laughs> games right now. <laughs> Yeah, the Guardian Legends a fun game. It's like a, it's a hybrid between like a a top-down adventure game like Zelda where you go around and you're like, you know, looking for secret entrances and uh, things of that nature and then when you get inside, uh you um you you find other uh, things to uh, do. I don't know. I'm doing a bad job of reviewing this game. No, you're doing really bad. No, I'm doing a terrible job. And so the Guardian Legend is a it's a it's an action adventure game. It's part shooter, like a kind of like a Galaga type of game, where or you know, like a top down shooter, and then it's part adventure game. But uh, it's 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 a hidden gem, as they say. So if you have a Nintendo or Entertainment System and you uh, want to spend, oh, now I have to guess yeah, how much. You have it to is. guess how much it is. Mm, Guardian Legend. Mm, let me look into my crystal ball. Mm, card only. Uh, you know, it's a pretty decent game. I'm gonna say. 20 bucks. I almost said 30. Right now, in its four bids in place, 650. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's, you know, it could go up to 20 bucks. I know. The, the, I, the, the one cartridge I'm finding on eBay is still bidding. It could very well go up to 20 yeah, bucks. Right. So, you know, as it should. Exactly, because it is a good game. But hey, um, you guessed the spot. Yeah. You had it played the game. Yep, and I've described it poorly. I, I would, t- I take that as a good win. You right. Know? I think I, I don't know. I got, I got a couple of guys on base, but I didn't bring them home. I gotta say, I, mean, I think I loaded the bases. I left them. I left a <laughs> couple of guys stranded on that video game review. But that was our video. We've game. had worse. Yeah, that was a random video game review of the week. Guardian Legend. So, so now we got a couple other things we can move on to. Uh, guess my rash. Nope, nope. Joe Nix, the guess my rash segment. It's my way around healthcare. You know, I can't really afford to go to a doctor. So I was hoping to describe some possible things that a friend of mine might be experiencing, but that, but that was crossed out. So that brings us to, uh, I think, our friend Sally's favorite segment, Parenting Tip of the Week. What do you got, Joe? Um, my Parenting Tip of the Week would be to, I don't know, take your kids outside and um, let them get some sun. You know, because my kids are vitamin D deficient, I just learned. Uh, probably because I hold them up in their cells <laughs> in front of their screens for way too goddamn long. And when you have... And they a- fight looking at the screens tooth and nail. Yes, exactly. All right, I force feed them nothing but um, YouTube. But, yeah, I'd say 
take your kids out when, especially on a day like today, it's actually been a nice stretch of weather. I look at Jim looks very tan. By then, the way. Very, well, he was at Fenway all last. That's night. right, right. Yeah. You know. So, hey, what, what about you? You got you got a parenting tip with your little ones? Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna stay with uh, what I did last week. Do not lose your cool. Yes. Here's Very lazy of you to <laughs> stick with the same thing as last week. Here's my parenting tip. Maybe they're just constantly making me angry. <laughs> my parenting tip of the I'm week. Joking. This is more of a reminder to himself. Do not lose your... <laughs> he just plays back this tape. You know. <laughs> hey, uh, my parenting tip of the week is don't be afraid to use your, your pediatrician and your other doctors to shame your children into being more obedient. Let me give you an example. Please do. Hypothetically, let's say one of my children had to go to the doctor the other day to have his back looked at because he went to one of those launch, one of those indoor playground um, trampoline places. And he went something, so we went to check it out. And the doctor was saying, well, he should work on posture. He should maybe do X, Y, and C. Here's some exercises. To which I said to the doctor, wait a minute, does hunched over playing a video game for four or five hours a day help with your posture? <laughs> and she, she gave me that look of like, is this guy a fucking idiot? And then she realized, oh yeah, he is a fucking idiot, but I see what he's doing. He's using me and my lab coat and my stethoscope as pure props to help him be a better parent. Yes, I was. Did it work? Eh, we'll find out. The other thing is I also had the little guy in there and I said to the doctor, because he wasn't getting a checkup, just his brother was, and I said, hey, while we're here, can we look at his ears really quick? And she said, yeah, sure. I'm like, because when I call him and ask him things, he doesn't hear me a lot. So we're very concerned about his hearing, which he didn't think is funny as, let's say, I did. <laughs> so my parenting tip of the week is don't be afraid to use the medical community that, that if you're lucky enough to have health care for and use it while you have it to, to help you be a better parent. Oh, I thought you were going to say don't be afraid to workshop your material oh, no, no, hey. <laughs> to a, a, a medical professional. There's never, never a bad time to try out new material on the road and new people. So that would be my parenting tip of the week. Right. Um, I also want to acknowledge that this week – marks the 30th anniversary of probably a milestone in every horny nerd computer gamer out there. Uh, the 30th anniversary of the great Leisure Suit Larry computer game. Um, it was about as close to like Cinemax as you could get without <laughs> actually having cable. Uh, a game so popular and yet uh, suffered so much piracy issues that they sold more hint books than actual software. Right. For those of you who don't know who Leisure Suit Larry is, shame on you. But look it up. Yeah. It, for sure. It, it is a great game, and uh, shout out to Al Lowe, the creator of said series. And uh, uh, How did that disc, was that a, was that, we're talking floppy disc. Yeah. Back yeah, then. Yeah, they were just distributed on floppies, and a lot of them were just copied and pirated, and you know, um, you know, it was a game where you were this lovable guy, where you, had, I'm going to do another random video game review. Please you, do. You were this lovable loser guy who was stuck in the 70s, but it and, was. And what was your name? Uh, <laughs> it was Leisure Suit Larry. Larry, okay. Yes, right, right. And uh, yeah, he was. He kind of reminded me of Larry from uh, Three's Company, to be honest with you. Or another seminal classic uh, sitcom character. Herb Tarlick from WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, a very sleazy guy who just lived in his own head. But uh, 
thought he was the the king shit, but uh, couldn't score Great with sense the sense of fashion. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't score with the ladies, but you uh, you are on a mission to lose your virginity at age. I think he was a, the original forty year old virgin. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, anyways, go check out Leisure Suit Larry if you have a computer from nineteen eighty seven. Or find you can find it on YouTube. I'm quite sure there's. Uh, those let's play videos exactly. and walkthroughs. There are walkthroughs. Yeah, so great game. I've spent many a, many a, a lonely night in front of that computer. <laughs> As we wrap up, I, I, I told Joe the other night, I could do a whole sideshow about this, and I might do a sideshow about this. My childhood hero was a hockey player, played 11 years in the NHL, a guy named the great Richie Dunn of Canton, Mass., in 83 and 84, was friends with my dad in Buffalo and for some reason took me under his wing. I, I might. I might actually do a sideshow sometime down the road. He was one of the nicest people I've ever met. I've never met anybody in the NHL or around him who knew about him who wouldn't say he was just one of the nicest guys. And again, he was a guy who played 11 years in the NHL, had more fights than he had goals, was the nicest guy off the ice. His teammates loved him. I just found out that he passed away in October. Um, and it, wow. it's really, yeah, I was trying to reconnect and... Um, so rest in peace, uh, Richie Dunn. Thank you for everything. And the other thing that I wanted to, sh- to let everybody know is that at Eugene O'Neill's, uh, f- what, what do we call it, a club in Jamaica Plain, our friend Sean runs an open mic on Monday. And this coming Monday, this post tonight, Dan Cray, uh, the guitarist who we usually play uh, one of his songs at the end of almost every episode, we're going to play one of our old songs tonight at the end of the episode there's a video on youtube uh but dan and our old bass player john and sean who runs the open mic is another old bass player so basically everybody i've either thrown out of the band or quit the band because i was a fucking asshole to them are all getting together (laughs) to play a show without me tomorrow because you can tell I really held them back. But they're playing at Eugene O'Neill's tomorrow night about 10 o'clock in Jamaica Plain. I mean tonight. Tonight. Shut up. <laughs> Monday night. Monday night. What date? What date? Uh, well, let's see. Today's the Lord's yeah. Day of the night. So July 10th. July 10th. 10 p.m. Uh, 2017. Eugene O'Neill. Thank you. Eugene O'Neill's in Jamaica Plain. Check out Dan Cray, Sean Keneally, John Hunt, and Joe and I applauding for them. Yep. Jim, thank you so much for getting here. This is the second time. It's got to be a more regular thing because we, we, we need another voice to kind of say, hey, come in off the ledge and there's another side of the story. Uh, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but seriously, thank you for coming in, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me once again. And uh, if anybody wants to reach out on the Twitter machine, which, Joe, you'll have to let me know about, or uh, Facebook, and anybody wants to talk about, uh, we didn't get much of a chance to talk about the Pacquiao-Jeff Horn fight that happened in uh, Brisbane, Australia. All right. Our legendary friend at this point, Manny Pacquiao, lost a very controversial decision, which when I uh, watched the fight on a replay, I don't know how controversial it was. He may have won the fight, but um, I think there's some concerns. We were starting to see some age in Pacquiao. If anybody's interested in but, talking about that. Yeah, we, we can talk about that next week. My, my take always is don't let it go to the judges. You know, uh, if you're going to win it, win it outright. And yeah. it, uh, it did. He, he did. He did a lot, um, but he, uh, he didn't do enough to put him down. But, uh, you know, it, it was interesting. But, uh, again, maybe regardless of whether he was robbed or not, it may be time to, um, maybe time to start to think about um, an appropriate successful exit from, mm. from the sport. A graceful bowing out of the sport, yeah. So uh, thanks to everybody listening. Uh, this is a fantastic run. This was our final. No, there's more, <laughs> there's more to come. Uh, Thursday? 
Yes. Plug Sideshow. All right. So Thursday, if you haven't listened already, go back and listen to our latest Sideshow, Arcades, where we visit our friend Robert, my new friend, Robert's Arcade. He has a a pretty impressive arcade collection. I posted pictures of it on our Facebook page. You can find us on Facebook at Carnival Personnel Podcast. But uh, yeah, and then next week or this Thursday, uh, you'll hear part two of the exciting conclusion of our Sideshow with Robert and his arcade collection. We talk about uh, the Starcade game show from 1982 where nerds competed against each other uh, in an arcade uh, uh, one-to-one. Uh, what I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Just listen to the goddamn podcast. And Joe's going to have a couple, spe- or a, yeah, a couple special things to post on Facebook when the podcast drops. Yes, be, yeah, we're going multimedia with this bitch. So that's great. Oh, and on one last note, do not forget... <laughs>